Well, today, as you've heard a couple times, is family worship service, or Sunday. And it's a great day. I love seeing all you, your faces, kids. And whether you're single or you are a couple or you have multiple kids in your house or grandkids, we're all a part of a family. And if you are not with your family today, you're with your big family, your church family today. And we would love kids for you to participate. Hopefully, you got one of these as you came in. If you didn't, here, you can, I think, grab one. Uh, we got some ushers that can, can maybe get those for you. But we'd love for you to participate by taking notes and just kind of listening as we go today. There's a story we're going to look at. It's one of my favorites. If you have a Bible with you, you can look. It's Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And if you don't have your Bible with you, if you don't have it in your phone, you can check it out on the screen, kids. We're going we're gonna to put it up there, and you can kind of follow along and, and read as I read out loud, okay? So here we go. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called, kids? Mary, that was really weak. Let's try it one more time. She had a sister called, thank you, big kids too, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I love this story. It's one of my favorites that I kind of somehow come back to every now and then. I love it because it just kind of shows us how real and raw the Bible is. I mean, this is like a family situation lived out before us, and it's right here in Scripture. And when something like that happens, it's important, kids, for us to maybe even ask the question, why? Now, let's just ponder this story real quick. You've got these two sisters. Does anybody have any brothers and sisters? Yes. Okay. Now, that applies to a lot of people. Now, ratio, or let's do a little scale. How well do you get along with your brothers and sisters? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not so well, 10 being amazingly well. You want to hold up your fingers right now. How well do you get along with your brothers and sisters or family members? All right. Yeah. Parents, take notes. All right. So we have these two sisters, and suddenly something happens. Jesus is going to come to their house. Can you imagine if Jesus came to your house? What would that be like? What if I said, okay, Jesus is coming to your house to watch the Texans game with you after church today. What would your parents do? Would they, ah, Kevin, the house. What happens when people come over to your house? Does mom and dad kind of go crazy cleaning? Do you have to clean your room? Do they run around and push stuff into closets everywhere, all their things, or garages? Yes. Parents, have you ever noticed that when people come over to your house, you start to notice things that you never noticed before? Then it's wrong, it's wrong with your house? Like, how did all those bugs get into the light fixture in, in there? And why is there blood on the wall? I have no idea. 
Where did that come from? So Jesus is coming over to these, these sisters, their house, and suddenly Martha is so worried and, and worked up. She has so many things to do, things that she had to do, preparations she had to make for these guests to be in her house. Now, I don't know what the house structure was like. I don't know if it was a newer kind of house with an open kitchen model floor plan, uh, but in my mind, I see the kitchen in, in one area, and they're kind of like the house that I grew up in, the long hallway that led to the living room. And so you get just like a, a kind of a slither of the living room. And I just see Martha going back and forth in the kitchen. And every time she goes and looks at that hallway, there's, there's Jesus there's there. There's a couple of people that are, you know, piled in the living room. And then there is her sister. And every time she goes by that, that doorway, she's getting something ready. She's preparing food. She sees one person there. And who is that person? Her sister Mary. I can't believe Mary. There she goes again. She's doing nothing like she always does. I'm always doing the work. No one cares about me. No one appreciates me around this place. I am always serving, always doing, always going. And finally, she can't take it anymore. She marches down that hallway. She gets right. Did she go to, did she go to Mary? No. Who did she go to? She goes to Jesus, and look at the words that, that, that she says to Jesus. Jesus, where is it? In this? She says, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Now, kids, this is just a, between you and me. Have you ever gone to your parents before and said, Mom, Dad, look at what he's doing. You don't care about, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. And, and look at this last sentence she says. Tell her to help me. Now, is there like a sentence there? Or I mean a period there? What's there? Exclamation point. She talked to Jesus like that. Can you believe that? Woo. But Jesus says, and, and notice this, and everybody I've read, scholar-wise, they say, you know, the way he responds to her is not like getting on to her, but he says this, Martha, Martha. He says her name twice on purpose. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but there's really only one thing, one thing that's, that's important, one thing. Now, what do you think that one thing is, kids? What's the most important thing? What's the one thing that we should worry about maybe more than anything? I think Jesus tells us that answer. In fact, somebody came up to him once and said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment in the law? And he said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I think Jesus kind of pushes everything to the side and he says this, there's one most important thing that we should be focused on and most over everything else we should worry about. The way that we have relationship with, with others and the way we have relationship with God. That's the most important thing. So the big idea for today is this. It's kind of a simple idea. Is it possible, kids, adults, that we are so busy focused on good things that we're missing out on the most important thing? All right, you might want to write that one down. Is it, is it possible that we're so busy focused on good things that we're missing out on the most important thing? 
Now, a couple of weeks ago, I went with some friends to a softball tournament, and at that softball tournament, we went to church together, which is cool, and uh, the pastor shared this kind of visual illustration that is just stuck in my mind. And uh, he reminded us of the Ed Sullivan Show. Some of you were alive when that was on TV. Uh, If you were, you don't have to raise your hand. Uh, The Ed Sullivan Show was this kind of comedy talent show. And there would be this guy that he would spin plates on sticks, kids. And and just what he would do is he'd get one plate going, spin, spin, spin like a basketball. And then he would go to another, spin, 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 and get that one going. And then he would get a third one, and they would come back to this one, and he would, and he would make sure they're spinning. And he would run, and then he would go really high, and get that one spinning, spin, spin. And he's running back and forth, and the tension is starting to build. Because when you're seeing, there's like, one of the plates is going to drop. you got to keep it going, keep it going. And you were just worried, and eventually chaos would happen, because you know he can't keep it up the whole time, Right? And as I'm seeing this picture and hearing this picture in in, in my mind, I got to tell you, do you ever feel this way in life? I mean, I feel like this just just embodies who we are here in Houston. I mean, we are busy people, folks. I mean, we got stuff going on. We got sports practices. We've got jobs. Some of you guys are, I mean, school. Man, it just seems like school is so much more demanding now. You've got band. You've got... You've got clubs, parents, you have meetings and meetings and more meetings, all the time these meetings, and you have all these things that you are are juggling and spending all the time. Do you ever just feel just stressed out to the max? Yeah? Parents? Yes? Kids? No? Maybe? Yes? That's, that's kind of the culture, I think, that I feel like we have around us, okay? It's this constant chaos and busyness. Now, my kids, my kids, uh, for a while, they really liked the show that thankfully we don't watch anymore because it kind of, uh, I don't know, it was like pins in my, my ear sometimes, uh, but sometimes songs would get into my mind. The show was called Yo Gabba Gabba, Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen the show Yo Gabba Gabba before? Huh? All right, I'm going to give you a preview. There are these characters here. They're wild and crazy and a little fun. They sing songs, and these songs get into your brain, and you can't get them out at all. One of those songs is, there's a party in my tummy. So yummy, so yummy, there's a party. And they would show food having a party in someone's tummy. It's a cartoon, people. It's not real life, okay? Uh, and they'd be like, the broccoli, the broccoli would say, I want to go to the party in your tummy. And uh, so the broccoli would go into the party, in the t- which seems a little weird, but there you go. But there is another song that they would sing, and that would get into my mind. It was kind of a crazy song, and I need some crazy people to help me. Does anybody want to help me sing a song if, if you want to come up, and Ryan wants you come up, I need somebody with really long and crazy hair to come up. Any long and crazy hair, come on up right here. Thank you. Emma, if you want to come on up. Ryan, come on up. Now, we're going to put the song lyrics on the, on the uh, screen. It's very, very simple, okay? It goes like this. Hold still 
wiggle, 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 go, wiggle, 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 go, wiggle, wiggle, go, wiggle, wiggle, stop, okay? Hold still, all right? There's really not really singing involved. It's more like yelling, okay? Now, here's the part, though, that's a little challenging. When we say wiggle, you have to wiggle. Like, wiggle, 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 okay? Uh-uh. No? no? You know what? Let's get everybody to help us. Then we won't feel bad, okay? So if everyone would stand up, they can. All right? You're standing up. Shh. All right. I will give you an example. It goes like this. Wiggle, 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 go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, 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 go. Wiggle, wiggle, stop. And then when you stop, you have to stop. Are you ready? And you have to sing it with me because you don't want to hear me singing the whole time. All right. Here we go. Let's start off. Hold still. You don't hear me sing. <laughs> wiggle, 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 go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, wiggle, stop. Hold still. Wiggle, 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 go. Wiggle, 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 go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, wiggle, go. Wiggle, wiggle. Stop. Stop. All right. Give yourself a hand. Good job. You are not allowed to post that on Facebook this afternoon. Now, you might be asking yourself the question, why in the world did we just do that? And I would say maybe we just wanted to have fun in church, and that's okay. But maybe there's a point to this. Now, I've noticed something that's become popular the last couple of years. Maybe you've noticed it. Cartoon stick figures on the back of mama vans or uh, family vans. Have you seen these before? The cartoons, and then they'll have like the, the daddy and the mommy and the kids, and, and the pets will be there. And, uh, you know, some of them are kind of creative, uh, and I like this one a lot, the uh, Star Wars kind of thing that's there. Yeah, very cool. Now, now some are, are kind of funny. I, I saw one story of a neighbor that was like, man, I want to be a part of that cartoon family. And they like, she planted her, pic, her, you know, her, her uh, cartoon on the van. It was like, I just want to see if they noticed that I'm a part of their family. So until, and they didn't. Uh, and so we got another one here. I thought this was concerning to me personally. Uh, yeah, the cat thing. Uh, if this vehicle is near your house, I would, I, I would pray for you. Um, but there, there are sometimes there are pets that are included in the pictures. You've seen these before, right? Now, there's one pet that I think that we need to talk about today that some people have, and, and maybe they don't even know they have. It's this pet. It, it's called, I don't know if you know this, but some families have a pet elephant that live in their family, in their home, Okay. Now, kids, I know you might not know what this phrase means, so I'm going to try to define it for you. There's a phrase that sometimes adults use. It's, uh, it's this. There is an elephant in the room, okay? There's an elephant in the room. Now, what that means is this, is that there's a problem or there's a situation that, that people don't want to talk about or they don't want to deal with. It's just there, and, and a lot of people maybe see it, but you just don't even act like it's there. And this elephant, it causes all kinds of mess. I mean, mess in your family, mess in your life, mess in your house, me- a mess everywhere. And let me just tell you, 
what happens is families, they kind of act like it's not there. And the problems could be something like just a real negative attitude or somebody being really mean to someone or using calling names or just just constantly picking on someone and saying, well, I'm just being funny or I'm just being sarcastic. And a lot of times the thing you have to ask is, what is, what is the real problem that's going on? Like when someone acts that way, what's, what's really happening? Because what I found is that there are problems that we all have because every family has problems, right? Every family does. But when you're so busy, when you're so busy in life, you just ignore them. And you just act like everything is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I guarantee there was some family, you don't have to confess, kids don't say anything right now, that on the way to church this morning, it was chaos in the van, okay? And it was just one person after another person after another person. And then you pulled up into the parking lot this morning, and mom or dad said, listen, kids, we are at church now. We are fine. Act like it. And then the van doors opened up, and you're like, hey, everybody. It's great. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. How are you? Doing? It's fine. How are you? We're fine. Yeah. Woohoo. But if we were honest, not everything is fine. And so what I think God wants us to do is to, to stop, hold still, and deal with the elephants in the room, in your family. Maybe you have a family pet that's like that. Now, this is what Jesus tells us. He says this, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, like if you go to church and you remember your brother and sister has something against you, then leave your gift in front of the altar. Stop everything. First, go and be reconciled, and then come and offer your gift. So how do we get rid of the elephants in our families, in our life? Let me tell you how. Confess your elephants. Confess your elephant. And if you would confess your elephants, then the elephants will leave and go away. Now, how does that look like in real life? Suppose a father came home one day, and it's been stressful at work, and things are, are weighing heavily. There's a lot of plates spilling all around, and there's stress all around in life, and there's just so many things you're trying to do, and there's a lot of things heavy on heart and mind. And maybe his baseball team is really, really stinking it up the last couple of games. And, and maybe there's this, that constantly weighing here, okay? And what if that dad came home and had a short leash about everything and just kids said something and it's bam, bam, and, and suddenly the voice raises. And suddenly the things that get noticed are just the negative things. You know, what would be great is maybe we had uh, just a moment of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back outside and I'm going to start this thing over. But before I do, guys, I just need to tell you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I've had, I've had a lot on my mind, and maybe we need to say this to each other, to a call a family meeting, 
Talk to your, your spouse. I'm, I'm so sorry. Can we start this whole thing over again? And then come back with a new attitude. Now, some of you might need some help with the I'm sorry part, okay? And I kind of wrote down some thoughts. Actually, I got a, a, a cool little a confession from, a, I thought it was great that Kevin Myers is a pastor. He put it this way. Maybe you just need to say this to your family. I have been stinking up the house with my attitude. My behaviors and my temper and my selfishness and my narcissism and my silence and my self-absorbed ways, my belittling, my neglect of others, my unwillingness to serve in the family. You can just insert any of these. My up and down, you need to walk on eggshells around me kind of attitude. I'm sorry for it. And it might take me a while to grow through these things, but, and I might even do them again, but I'm going to own them when they happen again until I get rid of these elephants. And it would be nice, maybe you just want to just say this to the whole family, if everyone else in the family confesses your elephants as well. Uh, because some of you are saying to yourself, man, I don't have elephants. I don't have elephants. They need to confess their elephants, but the, the point of it is to confess your, your own elephants, right? And that's how we deal with things. Now, here's something that's very important. Sometimes... It's super important. There are problems that don't go away quickly, kids. There's sometimes some things that are happening in life, and maybe the real problem is something happened at school, or maybe something happened at work, and you need to tell your parents about those things. And sometimes there, there are such big elephants in families that we need some help with counseling and other places that, that we can get rid of some elephants in our life. And maybe, maybe there's an elephant in your relationship with God. There's something that's present in your walk with God that you need to, you need to confess. You need to say, God, I'm sorry for, for doing this. I'm sorry for acting this way. So we need to, to slow down, to stop, and we need to identify and confess the elephants in our life. The next thing we can do uh, is call a do-over. Sometimes you need to call a do-over. I, when, I, kids, when, when I was a kid, before the video game was invented, we played games in our backyard, and they were awesome. And they were called wiffle ball and dodgeball. But my favorite was a game called kickball because I had the best right foot on McDonald Avenue where I grew up. But sometimes there would be a bad kick. And once a game, you could call a do-over. You kick a really bad ball, and then suddenly, do-over, do-over. And sometimes, wouldn't it be great if we had a do-over, if we could just do something over again? Now, thanks to technology and, and iPhones, we have really cool technology called slow motion video. And we have a cool slow motion video from our students from an event they did a couple of weeks ago. Or months ago. Look out, Estevan. <laughs> mm. Notice the smile on Jordan's face here. And then Estefan goes, I'm okay. <laughs> There's a smile there. Now, Think about that a little bit, and think about this verse. James 1.19 says this, My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger 
does not produce the righteousness that God desires. What if, what if in a moment right before you said the thing that you knew was going to hurt someone, you knew was going to maybe be mean or, or call someone name, a name or an action that you wish, I wish I could go back and change it. What if everything became slow motion and you could you could change something or you could stop something from coming out of your mouth. That's what God wants us to do is to slow down and to stop before you speak or act. Now, the next one is this, game shows. Uh, kids, you guys watch game shows? Know what those are? Family Feud or Survivor or if your family could be on a game show, what would it be? Any game show. Who wants to be a millionaire? Tell your neighbor really quick. Tell your neighbor, if your family could be on any game show, what would it be? Family Feud, The Voice, maybe Dancing with the Stars. Uh, all right. Now, I've told you this before, but if, I could, if my family could be on a, any game show... My favorite game show that for my family with my sisters and my, my parents would probably be it'd probably be the amazing race, okay? It's where you race around the world and you do all these crazy fun activities and, and you try to win cash and prizes and other things. Uh, and, but there's one thing that I don't like about the show, okay? And here's what I don't like is that they're going to all these amazing places like the Grand Canyon, the Eiffel Tower, all these countries and places, and they're running around, and they're spinning plates, and they're just, they're so busy that they miss some amazing things. They miss some amazing sights and sounds. They're so busy trying to just compete that they miss some amazing blessings in life. And so what I think God is trying to tell us through this passage as well is just to, to pause, to stop, and to appreciate and remember. To pause, to appreciate, and remember. There's this cool story about, about God helping his people cross over a river into the promised land. And the river stopped, and the people walked through. And, and, and God told them this, go back and get 12 stones from the river. And I want you to make a, a, a monument so that one day your kids are going to ask this, why is this monument here? Why is this here? And they're going to go, let me tell you about a story of what God did for us. I think it's super important, everybody, that we pause and recognize God moments in our lives. And you've had God moments in your life, places and times that God showed you something amazing, helped you through a difficult time in life. It's easy for us to run past those things and not to give thanks to God, but to pause and remember. Every day we get a chance to connect to God and see how amazing he is. I see it all the time in nature and in creation, and I'm, I think about him. And maybe there's a, just a, something you could do. I, I found this, Staples, $3. Favorite moment of, a day, of the day. And every day you would write down your favorite God moment in a journal. Maybe this would be a cool way to begin to just churn up just thanks and praise in your heart. Every day, just, just thanking God for something new and just remembering what God has done maybe in the past. This is great for families, too, because if you slow down from the chaos of life, 
and you start to look at your family differently, you're going to see some really cool things, some really cool ways that your parents love you. You know, and it's okay, kids, to tell your parents thank you. It's okay, kids, to stop and say, Mom, that is so cool what you do. You are the best. You are the best cook. You are the best NASCAR driver on the way to soccer practice. Mom, you give the best compliments. Dad, thank you for playing ball with me. Dad, thanks for playing video games. Thanks for coming to my concert. You're the best. Kids, we can do that to our parents. And, and parents, you can do that to your kids. Here's a little family tip. Someone gave us a little chalkboard uh, thing that we have uh, this last week. And we started something this week. Is On that chalkboard, maybe you just want to write a note to somebody in your family. Thank you for doing this. This is so cool. That you're amazing at and just notice things about your family and your, your, your different family members. Last thing is this. We want to pause to remember. We want to pause to appreciate people and God. And we want to pause for QT. Pause for QT. Now, what does that mean? Quality time. Pause for quality time. Now, we have a lot of time, but I don't know if it's quality time. And when you're spinning plates and you're constantly busy and you're always in a hurry... How quality is that? So maybe we need to slow down a little bit. There was a trip that we took, I took to this island called Dominica. It's in the Caribbean. It's not the Dominican Republic, but it's Dominica. It's a little island. And I went there on a mission with about 20 people from our church uh, in Florida. And the mission was this. We're going to construct a cabin for the campground for kids. We're going to go down there in a week. We're going to, we're going to put up a structure from the, the ground up for this camp. And I had my guys and my team fired up. We were ready to go down there, and we were going to build this thing. We are going to be the fastest to ever build this. It's going to happen gr- ground up. It's going to happen in a week. And we got down there, and we were focused. We were driven. We were every day, boom, boom, boom. We wouldn't even, we would just scarf down lunch and go back to it. And about day three, the missionary came up to me and said, he just kind of pulled me to the side. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I said, what does it look like we're doing? We're building this cabin. It's going to be great for the kids. We're going to have it done and faster than anybody else. And he said, no, you're missing it. You're missing the most important thing. And he goes on to explain this. The work will get done, and the work is good, and the work is great. But the most important thing is time with the people around you, the, the team that you're working with, the, the local people that we're working with, Spend time with them. Eat your lunch without hoofing it down. Do you ever feel like you just are constantly just eating on the run? Slow down. Dallas Willard said this. One of the things that we have to, to fight if we really want deep spiritual relationships, we need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in our life. Jesus was busy. We're all busy. But Jesus was never really in a hurry. Check out this this scripture, and and he would do this often. Very early in the morning, while it was dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found them, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Do you ever feel like that? Everyone's looking for you. Where are you? You got stuff to do, Jesus. And Jesus was doing what was the most important thing. 
He was spending quality time with the Father. He was spending quality time time with the Father. And so what I invite you is this. Spend quality time with the people that are around you, people that you work with, your family that you love, and, and, and most importantly, find quality time to spend with God. Now, I know what you're thinking. I've got all these plates. I don't have time. There's just too much going on. Maybe you've got some things that are happening and going on in your life that you just have to do that you don't have to do. Maybe there's some things, and there are some things that are very important, super important. But are they the most important things? Are they the most important things? Relationship with God, relationship with others. Maybe you need to create some margin in your schedule for the most important things. A couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, we, a friend of mine recommended this book, and it's called The Jesus Storybook uh, Bible. Uh, and it is a cool uh, Bible for kids, and uh, we like to read it. It's amazing uh, writing, and what I love about it and what was the way it was recommended to me, every single story, it reminds me, or it reminds you, Old Testament and New, of Jesus. And, and the, the cover of it says, every story whispers his name. And, and one of the stories, and, and this is the way I want to kind of end today, is, is a question that the disciples asked, and it's in the story, and, and I think we're going to have the, the pictures on the screen. They basically asked this in Matthew 6, how do we talk to God? How, how do we pray? And maybe, maybe you're asking yourself that question, I, how do I pray? How do I have quality time with God? I think, I think this story gives us a pretty good picture of it. So one day, Jesus taught people how to pray. He said, when you pray, don't pray like those extra super holy people. They think, this is not a direct uh, translation, by the way. <laughs> they think it say, they, they, they say a lot of words. If they say a lot of the words, that God will hear them. But it's not because you're so clever or so, un, or so good or so important that God will listen to you. God listen to, listens to you because he loves you. Did you know that God is always listening to you? Did you know that God can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart, even before you start to say it, because, because God knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him, Jesus told them. You see, God just can't wait to give you all that you need, so you don't need to use long words or special words. You don't have to use a special pastor voice. You just have to talk. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice. Just like when you're talking to someone you love very, very much. Like this. Hello, Daddy. We want to know you. We want to be close to you. Please show us how. Make everything in the world right again. And in our hearts, too. Do what is best, just like you do in heaven. And please do it down here, too. And do it quickly, I say. Please give us everything we need today. Forgive us for doing wrong or for hurting people or for hurting you. Forgive us as we forgive other people when they hurt us. Rescue us. We need you. We don't want to keep running away and hiding from you. Keep us safe from our enemies. 
You're strong, God. You can do whatever you want. You are in charge now and forever and forever and for always. We think you're great. Amen. Yes, we do. You see, Jesus was showing his people that God would always love them with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So they didn't need to hide anymore or be afraid or ashamed. They could stop running away from God and they could run to him instead as a little child runs into her daddy's arms. This morning, kids and big kids, would you bow your heads with me? And right there at your seats, I just want you to spend a little time with God. We're going to pray, but as you're sitting there, maybe you need to ask yourself this question. Are there any elephants in my life? Are there any elephants in our family that we need to deal with? Maybe you need to ask, God, is there anything in my life that I, I feel like that I have to do? but there are more important things. Maybe in our time as we pray, maybe you need to pray, God, help me to find quality time with you and the people that, that I love the most. Help us, Lord, to make important choices and, and value the most important over good things. Would you pray with me as I'm praying? God, thank you so much, Lord. God, I thank you that we come into this place and... We're reminded, Lord, of your love for us. Lord, we're reminded of, of all the blessings and, and all the many ways that, God, you love us. God, help us to open our eyes and our senses to how you're at work all around us. Lord, thank you for providing. Thank you for healing people. Thank you for healing hearts and healing families. God, I pray right now for every family represented in this room. God, I pray that you would, would heal the hurts. God, you would help give courage to deal with elephants in the room. God, even when that's not an easy process, God, help us to slow down and pause and appreciate the people around us and what's going on around us. God, help us to resist the, the, the urge to be negative and just to point out the flaws in everything and everyone around us. God, that's not who you've called us to be. We're a people of light and of hope, and of love. Help us to live that out. God, I pray for the person here, young or old, that doesn't feel connected to you. God, I pray that this week they would find time and begin the practice of hanging out with you daily. God, we love you, and we lift all these things up to you in your name. And everybody said, amen. Would you join us and stand? And we're going to sing that song we sang earlier.